This episode is brought to you by Anchor, a platform where you can create and spread information through quality and premium services. You can download Anchor from anywhere you get your apps. I am your host, Kelly Dowd, founder and CEO of IEMA Image Consulting. Thank you so much for joining us in the first season of Fashion Utopia, where we discuss the world of fashion, how people can discover and inspire explore their fashion culture with cutting-edge professionals in the industry. This episode focuses on the art of fashion. Our fashion is an art in everyday life. Today, I have the honor of interviewing an eclectic, artistic fashion entrepreneur, Anne Tenick. Welcome, Annie. Yay! Thank you, Kelly. Excited to be here. Great, great. It's good to have you here. So Anne is an amazing sculptor and costume designer with international accolades for her work. Her costumes, headwear, and constructed accessories have been featured in the world of wearable arts, hosted in uh, Wellington, New Zealand, at the Video Music Awards Los Angeles, and in numerous fashion shows along the East Coast. Wow. Impressive. <laughs> Thanks, Kelly. You're welcome. She's also the recipient of an of a prestigious Watson Fellowship. Honey has worked with master craftsmen in Indonesia, Japan, India, Uganda, and Ghana. Guess what? Everything have one letter in common. All ends or start with Annie holds a BA in sculpture and math from Davidson College and loves to dance. Her research has spanned topics of Gutsu and Kente weaving to house building and Boolean logic. If I may ask you, what is Boolean logic? <laughs> Boolean logic is sort of what you use when you um, type something into Google. It's a way of looking at like, I want to see this and that or this or that and kind of combining things and using like and and or phrases to construct right. problems. Wow, interesting. Well. One thing here, I always learn something new every day. I just learned mine. Thank you so much, Annie, for sharing that. Her eclectic interests strive to find a balance of form and function, seeking to transform humble materials into emotive experience. Once again, it's a great pleasure to have you here, Annie. Uh, thank you, Kelly. I'm delighted to be here, too. Awesome, awesome. How would you describe the art of fashion? Well, um, I think fashion can be such a complex word for so many people. And I think um, for me, I think of fashion both as the art of constructing and making something really beautiful. So there's an artfulness to choosing a fabric and right. constructing it in a certain way. Right. And um, I also think that there is an artfulness to, you know, your sense of identity and expression and how you use clothing to to kind of communicate something with the outer world. And I think this can be very like vibrant. And, wow. You know. <laughs> wow. 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 I, I am, I am super excited, you know, when you talked about identity, uh, cause that really resonates. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I think, you know, a lot of times people have a certain notion of fashion as being, you know, um, superficial or something that maybe they don't want to put too much time into. But I, I just think that, um, fashion like anything else is it can become a part of us and whether that's simple and clean lines or whether that's bright colors or monochrome I think it's really telling a story and I think that storytelling to me is where the art 
um, can Comes really come in. to life. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. With that said, do you think um, fashion should be expensive? Or, I mean, what would you say to people that say, oh, no, I cannot pull off fashion. I cannot get into the world of fashion because it's just so expensive. What would you say to that? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know, there are reasons why certain things are expensive, you know, especially if something is made by a master craftsman and, you know, design has gone. I mean, there are certainly reasons why things can be incredibly expensive, but I think in order to express yourself and to tell a good story, you know, a lot of that is creativity and inventiveness. So whether you're picking something up from a thrift store for a few dollars and, you know, even if you don't know how to sew, you can still combine pieces in interesting ways. And I think, you know, it doesn't have to be complicated either. It's really about finding something that feels good for you. A publication in Charlottesville, Virginia, described Annie as a woman of many creative talents. She is a hat and costume maker, an illustrator, and an improvisational dancer. Her visually spectacular hat designs from the past years reflect those cultural influences. You could you share a little light to our listeners? Sure. Um, yeah, so I think the Watson Fellowship was really my first taste of living um, and exploring different countries and cultures abroad. Um, and I think, so for me, part of that was spending four months in Indonesia with a group of weavers that work with natural dyes. Um, and being in this culture and kind of watching how people adorn themselves differently and just kind of living life in a different way, both in Indonesia, in Japan, in Uganda, Ghana, Tanzania. You know, I didn't spend as much time in each place, but each place kind of gave me a taste of of how people celebrate um, clothing themselves and living together. And and all of those things, I think, were so inspiring, both to see... Yeah, but that's, that's a beautiful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wow. I think part of it was working with really um, professional makers who are incredible craftsmen and being inspired by their talents, and then also just being inspired by the communities that were formed around around clothing and fabric and making, and and all of that to me was just so inspiring. I feel inspired by listening to you already because your energy is just off the chart. It's amazing. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. That is amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. So you are a super eclectic um, and artistic. How did you get started in the world of art? Sure. So I grew up, I'm an only child. I grew up um, in the countryside. Uh, My mom's an artist. My dad is a builder. So I think I grew up in a space where I was often outside and um, playing in the dirt and playing with plants and animals. Yeah, so I think that, you know, it's hard to not be creative when you grow up in a family like that I think and you just have time to explore so I think that was the foundation and then you know I I was always making things with my mom whether it was cooking in the kitchen or making valentines for everyone in our class you know we always kind of did something a little bit extra and I think that sort of sparked it but um I've always had a fascination with clothing I think I started sewing when I was 12. Wow yep my mom taught me and um it was just so exciting to be able to make my goodness Yeah, well, and I, I know you, I know that you also your mom also sews, and that when, yes. t- when did you learn to sew? Uh, well, f- for me, I never for once asked my mom to teach me how to sew. For it was basically I just you know just look at her. I was interested in the sketching part of fashion. I love to illustrate, so what I do mostly is I just 
sketch um sketch kind of like patterns some designs and i presented to my mom and said oh so i think this client of yours might like this and that was how i got started with you know fashion and i just fell in love with it but guess what i made my first skirt at the age of eight wow that's yes. amazing yes i will never forget that and that, that story it's really um now Interestingly, my mind just went back to it because um, her name happens to be Idewu, the girl I sold the skirt for, and she was six. Apparently, as uh, skirt got torn, and it was in the evening, and she was supposed to go out with our siblings to an event or something. My mom's shop was um, locked, but guess what? I took the key, I sneaked in, and I stole one of the fabric. Mom, uh... I'm sorry if you're listening to this. Sorry, I stole your fabric when I was eight years old. <laughs> but yeah, so I stole her fabric and I just, okay, what should I do? What should I do? I took the scissors. I am not good with measuring at all. Yes, yeah, I'm saying this in front of everybody. I am not good at measuring, but I was able to just use my imagination and cut it, looking at her as young as she was. I was like, okay, so this, this is the proportion. This is what how it should be. And, well, and guess what? It fitted her perfectly, and I'm glad she smiled because that's that's one of the most uh, wonderful fashion experience I've had. That's amazing, Kelly. Oh, Hani's designs, sculptural headwear and costume made from cardboard, foam, sequins. Did I did I pronounce it right? Sequins. Mm -hmm. Sequins. Okay. Yes. Oh, Kelly. Sequins. Yeah. And um, paint. So Annie was inspired by Tango Electronics, Storm's Cloud, and Adaptive Cooling. So tell me, Dale, I'll tell me the genealogy of the, you know, the sequence, the cardboard, the foam. Yeah, so this is really for one specific piece that I made for the World of Wearable Art. Mm. Um, and for those of you who don't know, it's really worth um, a Google search. Uh, the World of Wearable Art has been going on, I think, for over 30 years now in yes. Wellington, New Zealand. And it's just um, filled with the most tremendous um, wearable art you, you'll ever see. And it's they pull from designers from all over the world. Yeah. And people submit all sorts of things from sort of spaceship-looking suits to things yes. that, you know, are mechanically able to open up and close and to just just truly encrusted, bedazzled, I mean, just marvelous things. Just go take a look <laughs> for yourself. But um, I was designing a piece for this for, for the first time that I, I entered, and um, I wanted to be in the sci-fi section to, because the prize is to get to work in um, the Weta Workshop, which is this amazing prop shop for film. Wow. <laughs> so I was thinking science fiction thoughts and trying to figure out how to get into it, and I just, once I, I started playing with the materials and, and the things that I had available, I was thinking about tangled electronics and, like, how you, we have all these cords and things that get wrapped around. Right. And just, like... Um, and starting to work work from there. So. Wow, that is impressive, I must say. Oh my goodness, wow. So okay, Dad. Um, if you if uh, let's let's digress a little. If you think of the uh, the of the the world of you know fashion AI, you know, and where we are going in terms mm -hmm. of technology. Do you think something like this that you make, you know, this amazing art piece, especially the one with the um, Seahorse? Mm -hmm. the, the blue, the seahorse mm. um, Hi guys, I wish you can see this I'll put a link up so you guys can see It is amazing, it is so inspiring And super creative 
So with that, do you think something like that, we can use technology to bring it to life? Um, sure. I mean, technology and fashion is such a big topic. I hope it's one right. that you'll, you'll talk about um, in a future podcast. But um, I think for sure, I mean, people use um, electronics to make animatronic sculptures and figures, especially in film. I think in terms of fashion, um, I think my interests typically lie outside of technology. Like, But I would say that I, I like the idea of using technology to make clothing in a more efficient, ecological way. But nice. I'm, I'm less interested in incorporating technology into the fabrics Wow! Um, at this particular time. But that, that, that is beautiful. And to me, um, you measured in an ecological way and also as well, you know, this um, podcast is really all about, you know, fashion utopia. Would you consider your artistic abilities fluid? Yeah, what do you what do you mean by that? <laughs> well, okay, so uh, let me let me let me try to like give you a little breakdown. So to me, I when I look at your work, the mechanics behind it, when I look at the whole the 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 the, the sculptural aspect of it, you know, the the color that you use the painting. And I cannot say, okay, this is uh, this is masculine, like because I know a lot of them are wearable, you know. I can't say, oh, this is so masculine. Oh, this is so feminine. To me, I'm just like, well, it's androgynous, and I love it, you know. So that's that's why I I, I thought of it because each time I look at your work, I feel this amazing energy. It's just like you're watching Prince or Judge Michael perform. <laughs> Thank you. What a compliment. That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> Are you are you are you think of the like of uh, Michael Jackson and all? That? It, it, it just it's just beautiful. It's the energy I I, I get from it. I easily get inspired when it comes to um, seeing um, so many creative fashion, especially on runway. Yesterday, I must say this: I spent my time watching um, Jojo Armani's twenty nineteen collection, and I was like, oh, oh, I was flabbergasted, you know, by everything. So, tell tell me, would you consider it fluid? Sure. Yeah, I think um, I'm I'm very inspired by like the full gender spectrum, and generally, I think I'm um, working and thinking about materials um, mm. before I'm thinking about gender. Though sometimes, if I am designing for um, a man or a woman in particular, or you know, for a space in between, mm. I think that that definitely affects the shapes that I use, and right. and it, I think it's a it's a really shifting conversation, you know, to to say, well, why does this feel more masculine or more feminine exactly. or why is this in between? I think it's just a conversation that's going to continue to change. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that is beautiful. That is so beautiful. So what inspired you to get involved in art and fashion? Well, I think fashion was something I almost wouldn't let myself do. Cause I think like, really? Yeah, I think I always loved making clothing. Like, I would stay up into the night and, like, not eat, and I would just be sewing away on something and, you know, messing it up, but feeling great about it anyway. And I, But I think it was something that I just couldn't allow. I didn't think it was serious. Like, I was like, oh, well, this is one thing, but, like, school and academics, like, that's the more serious, like, that's what I should be doing. And I think the first time that I really gave myself permission was for this Watson Fellowship. Wow. And I think it, it was, like, this very prestigious opportunity to, yes. to propose a project that was meaningful to me. And I was like, oh, God, what am I going to do? What do I care about? What do I care about? And I was like, well, I really care about sewing and clothing and making and, and, and people. And I had never allowed myself to have space for that. So I feel like that journey was really one of saying like, hey, let me give myself some time to explore this. 
Amazing. And, um, yeah, it was really meaningful. Amazing, interesting. Wow, mm-hmm. wow, wow, wow. So, you know, one of your arts, um, Daisy, mm-hmm. right, won the first entrance. The best, not even just the first, the best, you know, entrance award. So tell me about it. How was that experience? Um, this was amazing. So again, this was um, at the World of Wearable Arts. Um, yes. The first time I um, had ever been. And um, yeah, what they do is they make this huge production of, of, you know, I think over 127 different garments on stage um, in this big arena. And getting to see my work on stage choreographed <laughs> with all these other designers and lights and the whole thing was just such a beautiful moment. Um, you know, and I was so proud and excited to be there, you know, and I just was sure that I just wasn't even thinking about awards. I was just, the whole thing was such a a treat. And then the awards portion began and, um, you know, I heard names of some friends who were announced. I got to go up on stage and then all of a sudden I heard something that sounded like my name being called and I was looking around and being very confused and people were like, go, go, go. (laughs) So it was sort of this out of body experience, but it was very, um, very exciting and, and. And what really. what made you choose that particular design, that art? What made you come up with that concept? Well, to be honest, I got an email from the World of Wearable Art five days before the entrance deadline. They had seen my work on Instagram and they said, "We, you know, you should really submit something. And I thought, holy crap, wow, like this, this is like the most amazing organization and they found me like I better come up with something yeah but I had five days right (laughs) so how do you make the most amazing thing you've ever made in five days you know I was freaking out and I think what it came down to was I had already made a piece that kind of had this sort of um serpentine like shape to it so I knew that that was a that shape really resonated with me I was like let me just make it bigger and do more of it and see what happens and so that's where I started I got you know I clamped a bunch of cardboard together and I got my jigsaw and I just started cutting and then I assembled these pieces and then, you know, and then I got scared, right? Because <laughs> it's like, oh, shoot, now what? You know, I have all these huge shapes and what am I going to do with it? But, you know, again, I just, I, I worked all day, every day. And after five days, you know, I got to a place that, you know, I don't know that I would have considered it finished, but it had to be finished. And, and you know, sometimes, sometimes that happens, but it felt good. Wow. Wow. That is, that is magical. So, you look. I know I'm supposed to, uh, I, I should have asked you this question um, a while ago, but could you please describe to the audience what I am looking at right now? Because the fabric, what you are wearing, the sweater, the drape, or the, 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 the <laughs> pants, everything is so well coordinated. The color, the socks. <laughs> oh my goodness. Can you please tell them what you are wearing? Because you will say better, I believe. Oh, sure. Um, so today I am wearing a green, like a sort of a forest green look. Uh, oh. uh, it's a turtleneck because it's cold outside and I yes, want to be cozy. Yes, it is so cold. Um, and then these pants are like a plaid, like a forest green black with like a white check. Wow. Um, it's a big print and it's a fabric I got um, a while ago, but I... One night, late at night, I was like, you know what? I'm tired of the pants I have. And I was just like, in some fury of craziness, I uh, I made this pair of pants. Um, 
and yeah, they they they're kind of they're fitted at the waist and they get flowy at the bottom and they sort of oh my god feel like fancy pajama pants. Yes, it is beautiful. <laughs> um, and then I'm just wearing socks that match. You, that usually doesn't happen, so consider <laughs> it's like really an honor. But um, <laughs> my partner Micah is all about the matching socks, and so I uh, I was inspired by his his matching. So 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 you you um you just mentioned your boyfriend Micah. So um. Hi, listeners. Michael happens to be another creative professional in the industry. He uses science, psychology to create beautiful, I call it art, because it's called the art of humanity. What will you say? What will you say to to, to the um, listeners out there about Michael? And yeah, Micah um, is the founder, co-founder of the Playground of Empathy, which is a group that's working to build empathy through um, lived and, and live experiences. Um, so it's definitely something you should check out. He's got a lot of really brilliant ideas and um, it's exciting to, to see them come to life. Um, one of their first projects is called the um, Walk in My Shoes uh, Gender Awareness Experience. And it's um, it allows you to walk into somebody else's experience by walking into this physical, magical, sparkly shoe. And in the shoe, you get to sort of listen and watch videos and try on clothing of someone who experiences gender differently than you. Wow. And it's a really powerful and also a really fun experience. So wow. a lot of good things coming from them. Listeners, I have had that experience. And I will say to you, it is amazing. And I cried. Aw, did you really? <laughs> I That's did. awesome. Aww. It is amazing, you know, because you, you get to learn a lot about somebody that is totally different from you it is beautiful you need to check it out so how will you um now talking about fashion and because to me i feel your boyfriend michael has a a a unique fashion Mm -hmm. sense and you as well you you have this eclectic fashion sense Tell me, how did they all match up? Tell me. <laughs> well, we are so different. I think um, Micah comes from, his mom is Korean and his dad is Jewish. And so he has this already, this very interesting look to him. And then, so I think his fashion reflects much more simplicity. Like he's often wearing monochrome or like he'll wear colors, but there'll be, there won't be many patterns, you know, right. and it's, um, it's kind of, yeah, it's quite minimal. Whereas me, I feel like, you know, I'm constantly looking for something tropical and loud prints Bold. and wild yes. and sort of, you know, African print inspired. And, you know, it's like wild. So I think it's it's like in a way we're kind of nice foils for one another, but I don't know. Oh, that is beautiful. <laughs> that, that is so beautiful. He wears better coats. Than, like he always finds these amazing coats. And I don't really? know how, like, sometimes he'll get them in the women's section of something or other, but it just like fits him super well and oh cool. my goodness you okay so listeners that is something i love to do a lot you know because to me i believe we still have a lot of work to do in the men's section when it comes to fashion especially fall fashion i do that a lot and i'm whispering because i don't want a lot of people to hear that <laughs> it's okay i do i go to the women's section sometimes to find something that i believe you know can work for me because i love I love bold. I love you know loud colors. Mm-hmm. I love um, dandy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so to me, it just speaks my own. Fight. And a lot of the time, 
I love subtle colors too.、Mm. You know, I just want something very chill because that is how I consider my personality, very fluid.、Mm-hmm. So I, you know, dress myself according to the way I am feeling, my energy,、mm-hmm. and that's. Will you say that about yourself? Well, I would say it's also funny because I will often go to the men's section as well.、Um, <laughs> Because especially, I mean, I usually go to thrift stores to buy, but occasionally I'll have to go to a, like a, a store to buy something. And often you'll find that the women's version of you know a basic item is much poorer quality than the men's version, and there's not really much other difference other than the price and the quality. So it's you know it's it's intriguing to me. But I I also think that I、um, I can appreciate kind of the structure that you often find in men's clothing. So. It's it goes I think both directions of just trying to find a piece that works for you. You know that is that to me that is just it. Finding something that really works for you, something that speaks to you, you know, uh, 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 something that makes you super happy when you look at it. That is amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. Let's take a quick break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Anchor, a platform where you can create and spread information through quality and premium services. You can download Anchor from anywhere you get your apps. Welcome back. Thank you for staying with us. What are your personal struggles when it comes to fashion, art, being a professional, your general hobbies? <laughs> sure.、Um, so I think. Oh, it's always this. You you know you would think that I would think at this age that I would have like a wardrobe and I would know what looks good together and I would be ready every day and I could look you know professional and expensive when I need to and I could look cozy <laughs> and bohemian when I wanted to and it's I feel like I look at my closet and just depending on the space that I'm in I just feel like I have nothing to wear or you know I feel like you know so right now I'm I'm building sets for a theater I'm the technical director there and、right. so. You know, I need to wear work clothes and clothes that are appropriate and、right. and very masculine and not necessarily very sexy and so it can just it's this it's this funny challenge of like I don't even <laughs> you know I think I think honestly I feel pretty comfortable being like cozy and ready to work I think that's the the space that I feel pretty good in terms of dressing myself I think when I need to look sort of very put together or expensive or You know something like that. I think I、right. have a little more insecurity of like,、yeah. you know, should I wear fewer patterns or like,、yeah. do I need to do? But I think it's all something that I'm just kind of getting more comfortable with myself, and in、right. doing so, I'm more comfortable, kind of trying different things. Yeah, that, that, that's amazing because I know for sure、uh, there are a lot of people out there that have the same problem. You know, because when they want to、um, put on an outfit, they tend to look at it. Oh, they look at it from the Gender perspective, they look at it from the societal perspective, they look at it from the cost perspective as well. Like, oh, well, you know, I, I cannot wear this. If I should wear, people think、oh, I look so feminine, I look so masculine. You know, I look too gay because now everybody have a name for anything you wear, <laughs> right? I guess sometimes I just ask people, oh, when you say that thing looks that what she's wearing or what he's wearing looks gay, what does that what does that mean? Do you know gay is colorful? Not just but make them laugh anyway. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's just um interesting how a whole lot of us, you know, go through that phase, trying to find um what really speaks to us.、Mm-hmm. So, what tips would you give to people out there on how to navigate their fashion culture?、Mm. 
That's a great question, Kelly. I'm not sure. I, I think it can be helpful to have supportive friends who love you and um, you can kind of ask questions and they'll be honest with you. Hmm. I think often I find myself putting something on and I don't feel comfortable because I've never worn it before. It feels different or outside of what I normally wear. And I find that when I, you know, go in public, I can feel really uncomfortable because I think, is everyone looking at me? They're right. definitely not. But, you know, you have... Uh, I, I know that feeling. But, you know, I think, I think we've all had this feeling of, like, walking down the street and we don't know how we're being perceived. And I, right. I really think that that can be a powerful experience because hmm. I think you notice that one, if that feels overwhelming, go with a friend, you know, like have it be a date, you know, both wear something a little crazy and go get some tea or something that feels comforting. And I think that can be like a good experience because at the end of the day, you have this shared memory and like probably nothing horrible is going to happen. Exactly. I, mean, I mean, I won't, you know, I won't say never because I do think certain environments and certain codes, you know, it's not, fashion isn't yeah. as safe for everyone right. as, you know, it, I, I wish that it were, but, um, Within reason, I think you can have a lot of fun with it. And if you're feeling supported, the next time you wear the same thing, you're going to feel so much more confident. And each progressive time, like the confidence builds. So I think it can be a really great psychological exercise to wear I, I, something. I, yeah, to, yeah, I really, yeah. I, 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 I really like that. Um, because to me, uh, I, I, I tell people this. I said, okay, so look. When they tell me, when they pass compliment, oh, you're, you're wearing this. You're, I'm like, mm, yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. But... It's just, it gives me this this persona, right? That makes me feel like, oh, I'm in my own utopia. I'm, I'm the one leading my universe. I am the master of my story. You That's know, great. I'm the best storyteller. I tell my own story perfectly. <laughs> so it's just, I it, that resonates with me a lot. And I, I, I am very sure a lot of listeners out there, you know, this resonate with them as well. Thank you so much for sharing that. Do you have any questions for me or... Um, for the listeners, I know one way or the other, we can get you back, you know, the feedback. <laughs> yeah, well, Kelly, I mean, I just think, you know, for those of you who haven't seen Kelly in person, you have such an incredible style. It's very distinct. It's very put together. It's very beautiful. And it's very, oh. too. And I think that that's so exciting. And I, I would love to know kind of what challenges you have getting dressed. Ah, well, that. <laughs> Oh my god, guess what? She just threw me under the bus. Anyway, I'm gonna fall out of the bus. <laughs> <I did not. laughs> so so before, right, before I can just walk into my closet, right, and pick one or two things because I consider myself very intuitive when it comes to fashion. So I just pick stuff and it, you know, it worked out. But as I progress being a model and a lot, and when they do, it makes me kind of uh conscious. Right, because normally I use the unconscious side of me to do the, you know, dictate what I wear. But now I think about it, I'm like, um, okay, so I have to look at my wardrobe. But I think my greatest challenge is trying to go back to that unconscious and intuitive state of fashion. Yeah, because to me, I really like it because it is you, it is your style. And I posted something on my Facebook recently. I said. Your style is your style. It's totally different from another person. You cannot define it because you are the only one that knows how it makes you feel. Did I answer your question? <laughs> yeah, I think you did. <laughs> one of my favorite questions for my guest is, can you describe your fashion utopia to the wonderful listeners? I think my fashion utopia is really a mixture of old and new. Like, I think 
I really admire and feel drawn to an older way of dressing where you might have only owned six to 12 pieces or wow. maybe even fewer, but each wow. piece would be really something well made, something um, made with natural plants, something that's just really connected to the earth. And um, combining that with also our ability to really add flair and um, variety to our wardrobe. Right. You know, it's like I want both. I don't know how you do both. Um, also, I think there's a mix of, of really wanting clothing to be sustainable. And that word doesn't really mean anything. What does that word mean? But right. things that are biodegradable, you throw them away, right. they turn back right. to the earth, you know, right. as a base. Um, At least you want to, like, you know, contribute back to the, you know, to, mm -hmm. to, to, to earth. Yeah. And I think, I, I, you know, fashion, I would love to be a place where innovative scientists are doing research to figure out how to make clothing and leathers out of fish scales, which right. are a waste material, out of right. um, pineapple fibers, which people right. are already starting to do. And wow. I just think we need more research and more emphasis on this and um i think in my utopia we would just have these amazing plant-based materials oh my god amazing yeah. oh I, I, your utopia is so perfect <laughs> so please if when you are ready when you are hiring people to so come live in your utopia i am available wow absolutely what's your fashion utopia kelly someone that is very fluid i like um both colors, I like solid colors, I like um, architecture, you know, designs and patterns. So to me, that is how I look at it when I just see them, close my eyes, like, oh, my utopia. I see myself walking in this, you know, this, this place where everything is so architectural, artsy and fashion. It's like you can taste fashion. You know, some people can taste words. Mm -hmm. have, have you heard of that? Some... To me, I'm like, I can test fashion. I, um, yeah, I can support it. Like, give it, give it to me. And, like, <laughs> it's yummy. So that is just the way I see my fashion utopia. Very artistic, very fluid. Um, the architecture, it's just art exquisite. That's what I would use. Lovely. I love that, Kelly. That's <laughs> yeah. amazing. So, so um, do you have a daily buzzword for, for our listeners? Ooh, a daily buzzword. Um, I think the word I'm thinking a lot about lately is connection. Huh. You know, and I, I wonder how how others use their fashion to connect, either unconsciously or consciously, um, how to align with certain groups or to separate themselves from other groups and wow. and what that could look like. Wow. That is amazing. That is that is I mean, I I, I know a lot of people out there are you know, waiting to hear something like this because it is just so real, you know, it is to me it is just so real and I tend to look at the authentic, you know, aspect of it because I am very, very, very let me use the word I'm an advocate of authenticity. So anything you do make it authentic. Authentic, authentic, authentic. So it's just <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's just how I I will, you know, um what I tell people when it comes to fashion just try to be authentic so i really like connection you know connecting with people because we're all interconnected don't you think absolutely. so absolutely you know just like the tree we all grow together it's true it really is true i really appreciate this um so all my listeners out there you can find annie on social media and you can go to our website on www art tamic dot com
Thank you so much. It was great to have you. Oh, it's so great to be here, Kelly. I'm so inspired by the work that you're doing and um, oh, thank just delighted you. to be here. Yes, thank you. My immense gratitude goes to all fashion and art lovers out there. Annie Temek, our wonderful guest, our Ima Image Consultant LLC, Sean Barclay, and Anchor for making this episode possible. For more information, you can visit our website on www.aimaimageconsulting.com. You can also follow us on social media via at Aima Image Consulting on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We have new episode every Sunday. Please subscribe to Fashion Utopia anywhere you get your podcast. Thank you and stay fashionable. <laughs>